and welcome to Monday Club. I'm finally back from working away, so no no need to worry, everyone. The podcast is going to be great and excellent again, as it used to be. Uh, we've got Sam, Fat Sam in the house, unfortunately. He managed to run 5K in a week instead of no, a day. because he's got miles. A, uh, no, sorry, sorry, Sam. I was talking. Um, five miles in a week instead of a day. We've got Craig with us. Nice to see uh, you representing, mate. Nice to see you again. Yeah. And um, Queen Daenerys off uh, Game of Thrones. She's here. How is everyone? Good. Well, first of all, um, I am very fat and very unfit, and I've never done running before since like school. So I've had to sort of break into it. I've blown out my knee. I've done all kinds of stuff. It's been very difficult, but you know, I'm persevering. So, do you, are you? I'm the same. I've got bad knees. With you doing this, you just doing knees. loops on the road? No, I do. I'm no, I'm saying I don't have bad knees. I just have developed oh. one. Oh, well, see, I've got bad news from playing rugby, kept popping my kneecaps out. But I used to find if I wanted to do, let's say, three miles, I would literally just go run around a field. Yeah, as so boring I'm- as that is, because it's so much easier on the knees. Yeah. Uh, when I go running on the beach? No, I don't. Um, it's even worse. <laughs> you, just, you don't go anywhere. Right, this is a boring conversation. Anyway, no oh, one cares sorry. about a fat man waddling around uh, Margate trying to run. Craig, how many miles have you done? Uh, I've stuck to my five or five k every night. Well, I did six k in the first night, nice. and then I did four k in the morning the next day, and then four k at night. So I'm kind of getting there. Oh uh, yeah, is that because you're drink? You're powered by Iron Brew and Buckfast. Yeah, Buckfast and Mad Dog. Yes, yes, um, and well, you know, my average is a thousand steps a day. But a thousand steps so bad. A thousand steps is roughly six kilometers. A ten thousand, sorry, ten thousand steps is about six kilometers. So literally, yeah, my average is a thousand if I'm lucky. Normally, just below. Some you found this on your phone. Is that on your phone? Yeah. My phone. Yeah. You type in health on the health app. Anyway. Anyway, back to it. welcome to Monday Club. Like Nick's terrible intro, where it was well, it was okay. It was yeah. okay, but it's led us down a path of nonsense. Um. We've got some interesting things to talk about this week. Um, Craig, now you put up an interesting post this week on social media. Um, oh, staying. No. Uh, two interesting posts, actually. Oh, no. Number That's one. Mm. Two. Number one, it. an EICR is like a MOT for your car, but for your house. Oh, I saw this. I saw that. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate it? on this? Well, what, we're, what I'm trying to do is make it easier for people who don't know what an EICR is, make it representable for, for them. So um, like girls and letting agents or guys and letting agents or private homeowners just genuinely don't have a clue what an EICR is and the advantages of getting one done and how to be safe. So the best way to describe it is probably the same as an MOT is for your car. So that's... Do you feel it helped the industry when they changed it from a periodic to an EICR? Because a periodic inspection, if you said it to anyone, they can go, well, pretty much gather what that is. But as soon as they changed it to EICR, it was like, oh, okay. But is it cool. the exact same thing or not really? No, but they got rid of the periodics and the EICRs replaced them, but more in depth. Sorry, Craig knows way more than me with this. Go on. Oh, and maybe not so much I know more about it, but at the same time, I think people understood it more when it was a inspection because... Basically, it says in the title it was a periodic inspection of your electrics. With an EICR, people don't most people can't even see it correctly. Yeah, an EIC or an EICR, they just really, genuinely don't know 
what it well, was. I suppose when you say like, because what does an MOT stand for? What does MOT stand for? I'll be honest, I actually don't know. Exactly. Like, and it's kind of the same thing with that as well, because like EICR sounds dumb, but when you actually, t- when you actually talk about it properly, electrical condition, electrical condition report, isn't it? Inspection and condition report. Electrical installation condition report. Like that's pretty self-explanatory. Sam didn't even know what it was called. <laughs> no, do you know what? I'm charging up my phone because it's just about to run out and I'm looking up what MOT stands for. Oh, me too. Have you got it? No. I was a bit too, but... Continue talking. Yeah, so I think it's a good analogy to to let people understand because you need to get an MOT done every year. Apparently, something to do with Ministry of Transport. Yeah, it's what it says. Create the test as a means to determine what cars sound. Yeah. Anyway, boring story. Go on, Craig. Um, So a lot of people have took or, or basically commented on that kind of post or slider to say, "Hey, hey, hiya." Um, to say that they're they kind of get a bit more of an understanding from posts like that. When you try, when you try to make different content, people get a better understanding. So it's worked for us. Yeah, I, I think I think it was a really good analogy to put out to the industry. I'm sure it ruffled some feathers. Uh, but... Honestly, that that's a bad thing to see the negativity you get from it because really? the, people, uh, uh, honestly, the amount of DMs I got on the side on. Mainly LinkedIn, Instagram, generally not. LinkedIn is terrible for people trying to slate you or bring you down. So I, I, I didn't see it. I saw the post. I saw the Instagram post. I was working away at the time, so I was barely on my phone anyway. But what is there bad to say, in my yeah. opinion? If I saw that, I thought, what a great way to show homeowners, not so much sparks, but homeowners of yeah. what is entailed, but you know, why we have them, especially with the landlords and everything. But from a sparks point of view, I can't really see a lot wrong with it. What sort of stuff was being said? It opens that door to say that people are like, you're kind of doing a flyby um, kind of test report. It's it's a lot more inclusive than just a quick MOT. Um, but our clientele, we're trying to educate the people that use us, not the people that are in the industry. If you're in the industry, you should know how to do an ICR or what it is. We're trying to educate people that don't know what it is in a way that's easy to learn. See, I think, yeah. I think that's a real key point, actually, because the reason you got so much pushback on on LinkedIn probably was because there's a lot of management on there, not so much Sparks, but you, your your management Sparks are on there um, and your company owners and stuff. And I feel like they I feel like there's like a spell that was cast over the industry a little while ago um, that talks about, you know, everything's got to be done to the highest standard and more unethical and stuff like that. But I think when you look at, when you look at what businesses and I'm no business guru, but this is just my observation, probably nonsense. So, but when you look at business, you've got like a line and on one side of the line, you've got the high end stuff. And then on the other side of the line, you've got like, you know, just trying it on sort of stuff. But there's, but that line is right in the middle is where you need to be. So you can't always offer above and beyond for your customer. Um, because it, if you did that all the time, you won't be profitable. So you have to have this sort of balance where you can give a good service, but not sell yourself short. And I think so you're still a- going over, you're still going over at five o'clock. Yeah. 
we I've been there and we've struggled with it before because you need to offer a, a great service and be reliable and punctual and everything on top. But equally, you don't want to be there till nine o'clock. You, you, you still need to make a profit. I'm trying exactly. to balance this backwards and forwards with Adam. So we had a lot of discussions and we we're talking a little bit about working away because there's a few things I want to talk about with that, yeah. um, which are interesting. But with price jobs and day rate, so this spot comes in and we were chatting about it because we were having a, a bit of a chinwag. Oh, shout out to Kip as well. Kip's a massive uh, watcher for Kip all of Hikes. our channels. Yeah, big fan. Awesome guy. Awesome I like guy. him. Uh, and we're having a good chat about, you know, where do you stand? When when I started, it was it was day rate and then it went on to price work. So we'd price per point as most sparks, domestic sparks will sort of go socket, point, light, point, down light as one point and going that way and how much you could make in a day or how much you could lose in a day if you do in a price job that say one job could take you three days, but you thought in your head it's, it's a day, you lose work. And we were going through day rates as such. I said, there's only so much you could do for a customer in a day before it gets to six o'clock at night. You're getting tired, you start making mistakes and you still need the quality of work there. And it was finding the balance I had to go over the years of, I've been at people's houses at 11 o'clock at night. They were allowed me to do down lights and whatnot. So I've on holiday in a few days. And it's just learning when you're going to burn yourself out to the quality of workmanship. But equally, it's not really professional in my eyes. If you're at a customer's house past seven o'clock at night, it just shows that something's gone wrong or you haven't got time. Do you know what I mean? To pop back and do it. I don't know. It's just it's not professional in my eyes. There's also another thing that that bugs me as well. Like to do a really good EICR, probably customer needs to pay for two people 500 quid minimum like to go right on a, like a three bedroom house and all that go right through it inspect everything but the the market value is just not there there's just not there for that to happen to like a full 100 percent eicr on everything take everything off check every single connection and everything like that that's what a lot of people espouse the eicrs to be but the the, the monetary value just isn't there so you have to find a balance. I mean, look how many houses there is in the UK. How how you actually? There's not enough electricians. Nowhere near. To get every property done. Like, I mean, do you feel that if you right, say you do a hundred percent board test, twenty five percent in the field, and dropping off ten percent faceplates, which I'm led to believe is pretty satisfactory not that, great but pretty satisfactory. I, i'm talking out of turn here so don't shoot the messenger what i'm saying is do you feel you can get a safe get a safe understanding of the installation from dropping off the face plates from doing the board test 100 percent of the board test dropping off 25 percent face plates or even 50 percent face plates um and, and the other bits and pieces that go along with it is that possible experienced yeah if you're experienced, because obviously then through dropping just those few, you would know already what the state is and you can apply it to the rest of the installation. Do you know what I mean? But if you're not experienced, you might open that up and think it's okay, but then you might not think, you know, oh, look, this extension here is new and I've opened up a lot of the sockets here, hence why it's a different standard to the rest of the house. As well, looking at the age of installation as well, that's a, a big one that I think a lot of people get wrong that are not very experienced. They'd be like, oh, look, 15 years because the colours, you know, it's an older colours, but then they might not understand that this installation is 35 years old. So it might look okay, you know, if you are just dropping a few face plates and whatnot, but somebody that's more experienced will know that this is a very old installation, probably more than 30 years old. And then, you know, you kind of... Yeah, I agree with that. ...yourself to take a deeper look. Because when I go into, like, I do 
what I call a lot of low hanging fruit, which is like local jobs, changing light, light fittings, you know, little bits and pieces, putting dimmer switches on and stuff like that. What I call low hanging fruit, 50 quids here and there. I, and I'm happy with that. I'm happy with my, my industrial stuff and my domestic stuff like that. When you go into, into a property and like you go to the, where the board is kept, and it's all dressed in nicely and all like that. You know, generally, that the pride has been taken with that installation there and all like the switches and spurs and all that are nicely done. And then when you drop off the light, nine times out of ten, it represents what you see in the fuse board. Do you know what I mean? And then... Do you not I think- agree with that to a point. No, yeah, there's I a mean, lot of board yeah. changes that have been done just to get it up to standard to pass. Not necessarily like- the board, but all the bits going to the board and stuff like that. If someone's took if it looks nice and presentable in the cupboard. Well, I don't agree got- with that one at all, what you're saying there. No. I find it a lot of the time, like the fuse board will be like, all right, but it will just be done by somebody who just changed the fuse board to put a sticker yeah. on it and get it passed. And then the rest of it is an absolute shambles. And you know for sure they did not take any of that off to, 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 to test it. No, I've times. Last week we did. I did a. I actually was doing some EICRs last week. So one, I could tell there was something not right. Brand new fuse box and brand new cabling in the fuse box. And the, and the first light switch I took off still had VIR cabling. Mm. So behind the wood, behind the wood, there was a uh, just joints and every cable. Yep. I've had that before as well. That's that's. Not common, right? But it's still there. Mm. But I think more, majority of rental properties are small flats or small houses, roughly the same. If you're doing work for like housing associations or whatever, then it's usually the same build quality all the way across. So an EICR shouldn't really take that long if you're on a small flat. It really shouldn't take that long. And if you're doing it in two people, if two people are doing it, one person inspecting, you could probably take off just about every socket or yep. like. If it's an empty yep. property, there's nothing stopping you doing that. And if you're it's very easy, yeah. And if you're on walkie talkies, me and you have talked about this before. If you're on walkie talkies and you're doing it in tandem, it is quite an easy process. It's nothing difficult about it. It's difficult when you're going to different uh, style properties. That's the problem. But if all you're doing is testing all the time, you're in and out of properties you'll get a feel of the area because they're built by the same builders or the same council. Yeah. And you do get a kind of feel for what you're doing. Yeah, I find that in London. I know which areas already. I straight away know where I don't want to do EICRs. There's an area called Fulham and Battersea. These are pretty much central London. A lot of them were built over 100 years ago. Those properties are horrible to test. The ceilings are super high. The fuse boards are normally in like some back cupboard through the loft back down again sort of thing um the installation as well it's normally quite old um so yeah those tests in those areas are quite quite difficult but then like you you get the other areas which are more like new built built in the 1960s 1970s sort yeah. of smaller contained those those are good those are nice to test like, 70s 80s are the ones i like they're actually yeah they're, they're literally they're the best they're the best standard two sockets here and there and then you'll go into the old ones and it'll be like five sockets but one of them will be like some cupboard behind somewhere and do you know what i mean like they didn't really have like a yeah just i'm going to throw that quick a wee question out right um ground floor flat uh no rcd protection mm. and sockets like in the kitchen at window level or like at the, next to the door <laughs> it's a c2 in it 
It's a C2 because you can use uh, outlets outside. So if someone's plugging a mower, a jet wash, anything like that, equally, no, you could push it further. Uh, cables less than 50 mil in the wall with no RC yeah, protection. I've mean, I, I, I done this, right? I asked, right? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it all out here, right? I see two that, and yeah. the person who owned the flat was an electrical engineer in Dubai. I bet they were trying to argue with it, right? They argued, and he got our CP to contact us, and the CP went out and did an EICR with us at the property and C3'd. Sockets. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what my um my QS he told me it's a C3, I C2 did it as well. But he said because it was not a communal garden, yeah, he said because there was no communal garden, it can't be a C2. If there was a communal garden, then I could have put a C2, but he said because there was no driveway anywhere and there was no communal garden, it's a it's a C3. But then again, that's not really like a but that, but that, this was my judgment. This was yeah, my, exactly. That's I'm, what that's I'm what it is. And sometimes I don't see two things like that, right? Mm. I will be on this one line of caution for my clients, right? Because I think it's safe. But this time, it was very, very clear that it was a socket put at the door to yeah. get used for outside purposes. Yep, yep. But because there was nothing plugged in and nothing used outside, and it wasn't a communal garden. Uh, it was a C3. This is the annoying thing with the grey area, the regs. It's the way you interpret it, and if we could, like, say, interpret it different ways, and then you only get one person like this, and you look like a mug because your CPS has overthrown you. It's bad, that is. Well, should have been sticking up for you, if anything. Like for us, it was, um, and you know, the way we were getting round about it was so the the guy, the CP, said, "Oh, well, we could we could easily put an RCBO in for that socket, or we could put an RCD socket on." Mm. On it, or we could have removed the socket, right? So, for a hundred pounds worth of remedials, my name is getting tarnished for mm. trying to do a hundred pounds worth of work. It's bad, isn't it? It's, yeah, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's bad. a funny. It's a funny thing because you, that's one of the ones that could have gone either way. Well, not not gone either way, but like, well, yeah, it could have gone either way, and you could have like got the work or not got it. And I don't expect you're doing it to get that hundred quid remedial. No, we don't want it. Actually, it costs us probably more in admin time, working it all out, travel time to go and get the stuff, go and click the keys, go and do the job, bring it back, close the job down. The guys could have went and done something more profitable or more efficient than doing something like that. What would, like, Joe, what would have, tell me if this is a dumb, dumb solution to that problem. Yeah, it probably is. Why wouldn't you just put an RCD faceplate on it? Well, that, that's what that's what we we so on some clients we get a float that we can do it on the job, and this this client there's no float, so a we would have disconnected that and put a blank on it, or put an RC RCD's faceplate on it, or an RCB on the board. We'd have done it there and then on the day, but the client wouldn't allow it, so that would have. Probably only cost about 35 quid, 40 quid. Yeah, yeah. On the day. That's, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm actually quite smart. You get, funny welcome. you get funny tenants who will literally just be like, oh, I've got nothing to do today. I'm in Dubai. The sun's out. I'm going to argue. You know, let's ch- let's challenge Craig. So, here's and another question. It it. I, I was glad it was me that did it, and it was me that had to face the questions and answers. Do you know what I mean? Here's a question for you. How long... 
should a three-bedroom, standard three-bedroom house EICR take two people? Do you want me? Do you want me? If I'm told the way we do it. Be honest. Don't don't uh, like. uh, Don't uh, worry uh, about the spell. Don't worry about the spell. This talks proof now. Realistically, about four hours for the two of us. Quite easily. Face plates yeah. off everywhere. Fuse board, full test. Um, up in the loft, we've got all the stuff. The good thing is the amount of kit we've got, it makes our life a lot easier. We use the Bosch Go to take face plates on and off. That saves you a minute per socket and switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah quite easily, to be honest. And while I'm running around with the iPad, we did have walkie-talkies, but me and Adam end up FaceTiming each other. So not only can we talk, we can he can show me around things, we take around pictures. I wouldn't say it's far off. So... We we price it for four hours, but we're on site for probably between two and a half and three. Kimmy's on the phone. So all right, take a phone call, Kimmy. No problem. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry, do you know what it is? Uh, okay, sorry. Um, oh, just I've got my family, the kids running up and down upstairs, and like I can hear it, and I think you guys can hear it. That's why I keep muting myself. So I have to make a phone call to just let them know. I think my, my Zoom's been downgraded i've seen that yeah unlimited minutes and all still it's saying upgraded to unlimited minutes yeah, that's what it says. i just said it's been upgraded oh well we pay for it every month maybe i didn't pay for it this month so <laughs> we and some some of our guys so we i've got two i've got two teams right so four guys and they take an apprentice round each they probably do eicrs in about an hour and a half to two hours max on site but remember, a lot of the paperwork is filled out probably by the apprentice in the van after when there's a lot of notes taken down. And the apprentice is running around doing a lot of the inspections, taking things off, writing it all down, and two guys run about testing. See, when you see it getting done, it's you'd be surprised why it, only, why it takes an hour and a half to two hours. You'd think it'd be done a lot quicker. Um, but we price an extra hour on top of that for admin and travel and all that kind of stuff. So that's where people fail with pricing jobs and doing testing is the actual admin and time involved in it and the travel time. Do you think, do you think too much fuss has been made about EICRs and how diligent you should be around them? I think... I think it's always good to be mindful to keep everyone in the same kit boat to, to bring this to push the standard up so that there's people that are not doing them. See, I brought guys on that literally can't do them, but say they have done them and done them, and when you go out and watch them, they'll take four or five hours doing something because they're not sure of what they're doing. That's what you need to clamp down on. If you've got guys that can actually do it and do it well and do it quick and do it to a high standard, it's a totally different ballgame from guys going out and doing it. But don't know what they're doing. That's yeah. I, think- I agree with that. With when me and Adam started doing it, he this was sort of the very first time when all the regulations changed that like he's really ever done in the ICR. We probably done one together because it wasn't very common for me to do them. But when we got through to the thirtieth one that we've been given, he was on this. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was getting the iPad out. He was getting the tools ready. Already got the cover off. He's running the fly lead out to the bonding without even thinking about it. He was already and or like. It's so much quicker, so much quicker. It's good when it, it see when it all ties in. It's it's really good. But the fuck, oh sorry for swearing. The the bad one is. I'm worried about it. 
<laughs> is when you get a bad ICR, if you get a bad installation, that is what takes a lot longer. Up. That's what takes the time. If you're going to repetitive properties, it's easy. So yeah. I would say one in five is a total nightmare for us and we lose a lot of money with them. Um, because the guys are tied into going to another property after it, that they end up staying there all day because we do deliver a standard. So you don't just rush through it. You actually do it properly, even if it's a bad one or a good one. So that's where we get picked up when properties are not done well. And look, I found this the other day. We did one randomly. Uh, one slipped into into the net. And uh, I felt so sorry for the couple. They had smoke lines weren't working. The lounge light wasn't working. They had four kids, one newborn, um, what else wasn't working? They couldn't use the staircase properly, and they, were, they said to me, "Oh, uh, just be careful on the stairs." I was like, "Oh, why?" She said, "She just said to me, you look heavier than us, and, and it's it's not very well.' Oh my god, the stairs are like collapsing like this." Um, so I just said, "Adam, don't go up." And I ended up spending an hour there. We went and got van bulbs out the van. Didn't charge the landlord just for their safety. I had a spare smoke alarm. We banged it all in. I was like. The problem is people, landlords, and it's not all landlords at all, but some people are just still getting away with it. These people are paying good money every month to live in a safe house, and they live without bulbs in their lounge for every year or smoke alarms, and the stairs but are falling for sure, apart. But for sure, I'm not sorry for people who live without bulbs in their lounge. Go buy some. Yeah. that is. Yeah. Well, no, I know, but I, it's one of them things. You've got kids, that's, and that's soft part of me. Agent, that's probably a bad lighting agent rather than landlord. Yes. Mm. landlord doesn't know unless a lighting agent's doing... Proper checks. To be fair, the landlord lived two doors away. So, to to be honest with you, though, I find that estate agents are the worst. Like estate agents are the worst when it comes to looking after properties. Like I've rented up until now, um, and they ain't interested. They ain't interested. And the only reason things got got sorted out is because I just did it myself. Whether it was I don't know. Yeah, like my trunk in here. Please don't show that again. Oh, oh no, 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 Renee. Is that? Oh, is I that too because the person that did obviously I didn't use trunk and bends and all because I have wires. It's you know my own house. Uh, but no, this is rented. So whoever put the sockets in was done it all. Do you know what? Half my lights are flashing. Someone came and done an EICR. They forgot to put the pull cord back on for one. They just left the cables all exposed. For two, um, the um. The, the, the light switch in the living room, every time I turn on, it flickers. I know, like, they left all the cables loose everywhere and everything. And, yeah, like, the, the trunking they did everywhere was awful. They didn't even put trunking on upstairs. It was just, like, cables hanging off like this. So, it's like, yeah, I had to be like, Sam, I had to fix it all myself because the landlords would not do it. And yet he had the cheek to moan, say, like, oh, you have too many cushions everywhere. Fire safety hazard. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? What? That's uh, nothing to do with that. him. He said it's a fire hazard. Yeah, anyway, well, he's not a fire to. officer, is he? Like, yeah, what does he know? Mug. Sorry, mate. Put the screws, put the pull cord back up. I ended up getting my mum to, to do the pull cord. I couldn't be bothered. It took me like three weeks to just get around and tell my mum. Listen, mom if your mum ever needs she's a builder. She's a pull cord. My mum used to be a builder oh, and a, a plasterer. Listen, if your mum ever needs someone to do her pull cord, just ask. That was awful. I feel a bit sick. Oh, me, me and Kimmy's mum got a thing. Right, moving on from ICRs. Okay, because 
to be honest with you, I'm already. Oh, you know I know, Craig, it's your job. I'm so I'm, I would, I would, I've done enough ESRs last week for that's me for the full year now. Yeah. Go Can on, I just say one, one thing about ESRs? So, no. you know what? You know, when you have the, the Mantel units for the skeleton balls, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my god, I had to I had to test one and um the, the thing was so painted in I couldn't take it off. And guess what? Somebody came and tested it six weeks ago and they, they put down for a full rewire. So we had to retest it because you know they kind of just ducked out and left the contract. So when I went there, I know the guy never tested it, he just put down for a full rewire because he just saw it and was like, Yeah, forget that. <laughs> so do you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to do the same thing because I was like, I can't take this off, but um and I'm putting it putting it down for them to get the in-house boys to do it because I'm on price. So I was like, Guess yeah. what? Cool no, summer, bro. bro. I know. Oh, no, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, well, what do you want to talk about? Working away and how much money you earn and how hard you are? Not really. Uh, conversation about it and what goes with it because obviously I didn't know much about it before. Obviously, I've been working away in Sutton, which both you two are meant to come to, and you both I failed. Know. Right? Can we just right? First of all, let's set let's set the picture here. So he took a couple of jobs recently where he's worked away. This latest one, it was a surprise as well. You didn't tell me. It was like I spoke to Kip, and Kip kind of dropped. Yeah, no, yeah. Kip says, sure, let me tomorrow. finish speaking. Oh. So for uh-huh. sure, let me finish speaking. Um, Sam, careful, bro. No, you look careful. Careful, yeah. I take your Twinkies away. I don't eat Twinkies. I'm on a diet oh. and I run every day. Run um, so yeah, Nick. So Nick's latest one is in Sutton. Now, if I use, oh, can I hear one bit before you carry on? No, you run away with the ice cream man. Idiot. <laughs> so if 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 I live where I used to live, it's like a twenty minute journey. This takes um, a Croydon, isn't it? Well, yeah, I wasn't really off. Croydon. I was like Catrum, and I could have just gone round there, that round of 25. Where does Sutton? I went to Google up. Sutton is like uh, West London. Well, yeah. not really. South West London. It's West but like touching the M25. Yeah, it's next to Wimbledon. It's basically oh, out. Is this uh, right next to there? Anyway. Ordinarily, I would have gone there. Um, but I actually live probably nearly two hours from there. Not only that, um, my uncle's dying. So, you know, that kind of trumps going to see Nick. Mm. But I, I would, yeah, I've got I like to be honest it. with you. A little bit gutted that I didn't come and see you. Um, I'm glad to be fair. Tired, he was because the guy I'm working for, Gary, he is, and I'm not saying this, because he does watch this and he loves all of you guys. And we would have had a good conversation about you guys. Love he me. is one of the nicest customers I've ever worked for. But he loves he, me. He made it enjoyable. He helped he us me. like, tired, it's shush, not you, Kimmy. Um, yeah, no, he does like you, Sam. Uh, like, tidying up in the evenings, we'd give everything a hoover, but he'd go around, make a bit of an effort. He emptied the loft for us. And we were, I'm trying to explain this in the video. Customers with rewires, I almost want to do a customer for people that are about to have the house rewire rewired is like what they can do to help and i know you can say well i'm paying them money but it's it, like if you move a few things box some stuff up they don't want to get damaged and move it out of the way the electrician can get done quicker and you'll be out your house and get your house back together yeah. um anyway just on that note J- jamie curry actual yeah. provides a service to pay- yeah i've seen that i've seen that he's cool in it the client has to pay for it yeah, yeah. Charges yeah. More for it. i agree though i have that in my terms and conditions i'm not moving anything even my rubbish I'm removing it as, you know, part of my kindness. Apart from that, it's not 
my crayon to, to remove. I just put no, him back. Do, do you know what? It's funny because I've done a uh, podcast with Jamie um, talking about the, the services he offers. Because he does Jamie Curry um, home rewire up in Scotland. They rewire houses in a day um, or, or a day or thereabouts, but usually a day. They that includes plastering as well. Yeah, They do plastering. They do um, furniture yeah. removal, storage, pack it up, put it back. They take photos. They put it back as it come out. It is a phenomenal service that they that they really offer. It, it's fantastic, and he got a lot of stick for it in the beginning, didn't he? Mm. Massive, massive. Because like people were like, well, there's actually no way you can do a rewire in a day properly. But he does. Sixty-minute makeover. They do a whole house up in sixty minutes. That's just telly for you, Kim. That's not real. Yeah, relax, Kimmy. <laughs> um, but guy- anyway. The same guys that are slagging him are the same guys that are slagging me. Success right. breeds hate. Yeah. So what I was getting at is, is is figuring out, first of all, I've got family. So it's figuring out working away from that, which sucks. And it's funny because it's not funny. I was sat having a pint first evening with Adam. And Monday night, because we stayed over Sunday so we could get up early Monday. And we, we come Monday evening. And the amount of builders and people in high-vis and everyone walking in to come get a pint. And I was like... Obviously, these people are all staying and sleeping in tonight. I was like, I didn't realise that so many people worked away from home to start with, like, genuinely, because I've never been open to it. And we were having a chat with a few guys, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's just week in, week out. I only see my other half of my kids at Saturday afternoon when we get back, and then we're out the door Sunday evening. I was like, oh, that sucks. And he was like, oh, it is what it is. We, we follow the work, and that's just what our company does. And obviously, I felt very fortunate that I could be self-employed and pick and choose jobs. And he was a road worker, and there was another guy who was... Um, spark doing temp lighting for transformers i don't i I can't quite remember and uh, he was exactly the same thing we just do this and we pick up and move around all around the country and it was leaving the family making sure they're all right to start with equally paying for accommodation you're obviously putting that on top of the invoice you've got a lot of food expenses obviously i've got an apprentice so i was paying for all of adam's food as well and then paying for him more because he's working away from home um that's just your guys thoughts have you guys ever done it or want to do it I have. Um, I've worked away a few times. Like being a commercial industrial spark, sometimes you can get real good screws. And um, by a good screw is like a real good job. Now, there's one of the one of the best jobs you can get is these um, data centers in like Belgium and stuff, where you can go out there, you stay away, they pay for everything, it's all laid on, and you're earning like. I don't know, two and a half grand a week, tax-free and all that sort of stuff. It's like there's some real good earners you can get on. Um, But for me, I've never been able to do it. I worked away once in Liverpool um, doing a DFS. And it was okay. Like the guy I was working for was okay until we brought up this other dickhead to supervise a job. Do you know what he did? This is what killed it for me. This is what killed it for me. Turns up. Oh, oh, giving it large, and he goes, uh, "You're you're you're Sam, aren't you?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Go and get my ladders out of out, out the van." <laughs> I was like, "Bruv, you're a dickhead if you think I'm doing that." Big big row about it. You're not a team player. I was like, "No, you're just not mugging me off." Sorry, but he goes aside. It is rough because it was twelve hour. It's usually a twelve hour day if you're working away. Generally, a twelve hour day. You put it in, and then when you get back. It's hard not to go for a beer with the lads, you know, like down in the... In, Spend your wages. Yeah. 
and then before you know it, it's almost not worth working away because you're done. You're doing you're doing twenty foot. Like if you have five, if you have four pints and, and a bit of dinner, you're looking down the barrel of 30, 40 quid, five pound, forty quid, something mm. like that. Do you know what I mean you're, that's straight away? So that takes almost some of the bunts out of it. So yeah. for me, I I really, really it sounds so wet, but I really miss my house, my dog, my wife, and my. My, I love the way the my, dog came first. Uh, oh, yeah! I just, I just love my house and like my stuff and things. But this was when I was living in my flat back in back in Catrum. But even like now, it would be worse. There's no way. Now I've got Harper and I've got my little family and all my stuff and my perfectly trimmed hedges that I've done this weekend. Listen, I ain't playing. There's no way you couldn't pay me enough. I probably wouldn't do it for five hundred quid a day. Hmm. I did, I, did for, I did it for 10 years. That's why, I, that's why I set up this business is because I couldn't work away. So I was working in Iraq. I worked first in Iraq first, then Afghanistan, then Dubai, then Syria. And then what then, was that like, though? So I, I, Afghanistan was brilliant. Iraq was really good. Syria was pretty bad. Um, Zambia, oh. Zambia for like three months. That was terrible. What were you okay. doing now? Obviously sparking, but what? Yeah, so I, I, I was I'm basically, I was a high voltage kind of switch gear specialist or did maintenance. and So we went out there and done part of the infrastructure for the artwork when they were setting up the camps and the bases and did all that. So I was working for an American company called KBR or um, they ended up going from America to Leatherhead down in London because a lot of kind of things happened but did that for a while um, really good money and you didn't have to pay for anything but I was away for 12 weeks so it was 12 weeks on 3 weeks off so you were only home for 9 weeks of the year oh. it was, it was did you earn plenty of dough though? you, you did you, you earned a lot of money but I spent it on I, I spent it on cars to be honest cars and <laughs> not like you yeah the I thing is, I, 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 I get nothing to show for it. Nothing. Yeah, I, I've I've learned now over the time because my dad, before he went self-employed, he worked for a, a painting firm, and he was the same. He'd be up before he'd be gone before we're up before school, and he was back after we were in bed, and we saw him at weekends, and that's one of the key reasons he went. I've already missed out now on the first, let's say, six years of you growing up. And obviously, money can't buy that. Like I get that yeah. now seeing my kids. It's different for me. I'm not doing it every week. This is like a bit of a treat every now and then that we can go and do cool videos on for YouTube and work for, for guys that watch us, which is nice. But you can't buy the time with your kids. I already blink and the kids have grown a foot every week. Yeah. And it's true. Like If you can afford not to work away and you've got kids, you stay at home and do as much time as you can well, with them. This is my biggest thing at the moment with um, like... Harper's just over two years old now, and I don't work past four o'clock now. There's just no mm. way. I want to be home. I want to spend as much time in the evening. I want to be present. I want to. I want to help her potty train. I want to do all that stuff. I want to be there. There, there's no like for certain people. I would go and work for them, like you know, to help out uh, uh, because. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose to work away as like a thing. I couldn't Regular. do it. I'm just, I, I just love my things. I love my family, and I just want to be around it too much. Oh, the odd awesome. week, week or two here or there is a different thing. Yeah, but, which is what I'm comfortable with at the moment. But yeah, do you know Kim, what? Timmy does a lot of hours outside of work. I know you do. I mean, that's I take my hat off to you for the 
dedication and how much effort you put into it. Mm. I, I, you do get, you obviously get a balance that's, that suits you, but you do work hours that people don't usually work. I, I couldn't be awake at that time. This weekend, Friday, I was out. Uh, Saturday, I was out all night. Sunday, I was out all. Saturday, I was out all day. Sunday, I was out all day. I came home last night, nine o'clock, and I was in the same clothes for what over twenty-four hours, and I didn't know what day it was. I didn't eat for twenty-four hours the whole of Saturday. I ate Friday night, had like a little um, meal deal, and then the whole of Saturday, I didn't realize I didn't eat. I was so busy working. <laughs> Yeah, it was only Sunday morning. I had breakfast and I was like, oh my God, I haven't eaten anything. And then do you know what happened? You know when they talk about burning the candle out and stuff? For the first time in my life, I found out we have sinuses. Like I woke up and I felt like my head was full of concrete here. And then somebody was like, oh, that sounds like your sinuses. I was like, what are sinuses? Like, what are they? And after I Googled it, I discovered that from stress and lack of sleep, your sinuses can get all like funny. Yeah, and it literally just feels up. like you're... You like the front of your face is filled with concrete. It doesn't hurt. It's just like pressure. It was so weird. But yeah, it was just like lack of sleep and this and that. I, I chose to work instead of be with my son. So the thing is, I dropped him off Friday um, afternoon and I told him, listen, hon, I'll pick you up after work. I picked him up Sunday night. He was very upset with me. He said, look, you told me you're going to pick me up after work. And I said to him, honey, like I've been working 24-7 literally the last couple of days. I don't even know. Like I'm just, I've lost the plot pretty much. And I had to apologize to him and tell him, look. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yeah, because now I've, I'm taking the whole week off. So obviously I made I made more than enough money this weekend and I'm like, cool, the next couple of days I'm off. The balance, but that's it's getting that balance right. But some Exactly, people, exactly. But the thing is, I, I enjoy it and I have fun with it. And um, I enjoy that more than I do with the day jobs. Um, I like the out of hours. And even that, I lost my um, charger for the drill and I don't want to buy another drill because I already bought a day walk drill as a spare and I can't find that. Can't find the charger for that. Walk? And I don't want to you buy a third drill. I know you So because say of that. that, I'm avoiding the day work until I find it. But, bruv, don't say day oh, walk. My ever connection again. cut out, right? Yeah, oh, yeah we, still, we got you. You're frozen, but we've got you. Yeah. Craig? Yeah. Was you was it a military contract when you was working in Iraq and Afghanistan? Hey guys, sorry, I didn't realise my connection cut out. Yeah, it's no, no, we, we heard you, sorry. Yeah, um, so when I went to Iraq, it was with a Glasgow company called Tunnels and it was facilities. So it was basically hooking up generators for FOBs, FOBs or small bases, big bases. Forward operating bases for those who don't know. FOB <laughs> is a fresh off the boat person. Listen, that's not what we're talking about, idiot. Not that keep up podcast. That's that's like that, yeah, that was like me when I came over to the UK. It's like, yeah, guys, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Jesus. But um, was it exciting? Did you like it? Was really good. It, 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 it actually a lot of things happened from it. So you, the longer you stay there, the better jobs you get. The higher up you go, then you kind of do. I ended up doing my own protection. I ended up doing a. Close protection. So I went and done the courses, done advanced driving, and then um, ended up doing that for the last couple of years of of Afghanistan. So, mate, how so, fun was that? I, I, I mean, did you get to shoot there. anyone? Can't he didn't know. have a gun. Obviously, he didn't have a gun. Yeah, he did have a gun. Yeah, you ain't going to, you ain't going to Afghanistan without a gun, lunatic. So uh, my gun license actually ran out in March this year. That was ten years. So, um, so it was good. Actually, I enjoyed it. Because I tell you why we done our own protection. See, when we were going out into bases, you're in the middle of nowhere, and we had these 
pure meatheads that were like jagging themselves up with all sorts. Um, and they were running about terrorising the local villages and the communities, and they're meant to be looking after you. Some were good, some were, I'm not going to say about everyone, but um, I was just like, I'm not putting my life in their hands. So, Oh, are you talking about like mercenary types? Yeah, basically. They were, they were at it because they had a screw loose and they were using us to, like, they were just, they were up to no good. They were really up to no good. Do you know what? Me and Craig are going to do a, um, a podcast soon. We talk about that. Is that what you want to do? We're going to. We we're going to talk are. about everything. We're going we're to do a podcast like, now. We're going to do like a five-hour <laughs> podcast talking about Craig's experiences in life. I'm a wee bit older. I'm a wee bit older. Do you know what I mean? So, well, you're not really, mate. You're about yeah. the same age as me. Oh. <laughs> I just I've decided to eat my way to forty rather than do yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, the work over there was good, but the, I mean, seeing one of the bases. So we were in one base, Kandahar that had seven different voltages, seven, six or seven different voltages. So I had European, I had North European, I had uh, North American, uh, American, then you had British, and then you had the Afghan, and then the Turkish. All What's the Afghan voltage? Uh, they basically just tapped on the fucking anything they wanted. Whatever it is that day. I'll show you some pictures. There was one where it was like a mains cable coming off the ground from the generator, and they'd actually spliced it, like cut it, cut away with it, and wrapped the cable around the core, like just wrapped a cable. And the inside one of the chalets, the metal frame of one of the bunk beds was live. <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't even know how. It was sitting on the floor. I just don't know how it was live. That's mental, isn't it? Um, so isn't I, you it? had you know, 308 volts. You had two 200 volts, uh, 230, 250, 400. It was honestly nuts. Can't remember all this. It sounds like chaos. Um, listen, something we've been doing recently is game changers in... Um, Game-changing tools. Um, and I don't think Kimmy or Craig have given us a game-changing tool. Something that you've used that's a game-changer. An innovative bit of kit. Straight off the bat for me is the is my Matabi wall chaser with the triple blade. I know we've said this before, but doing rewires, you cannot beat it. Yeah, is it that good? Trying to tell Adam, I said, "See all these chases here." I said, "Before you came to work with me, all of this would have been done with a uh, SDS, a spirit level, a pencil line, and an SDS yeah. with a chisel bit in it." And it was like, "How would you do?" It? I said, "Each one would take give or take half an hour for each chase to get the right depth in the brick. If the yeah. plaster wasn't thick enough, we're going into the brick. Some bricks rock hard. You could spend ten minutes on one brick trying to get an inch yeah. and a half out of it." And I was like, now you could do a chase literally in a minute, floor to ceiling, done. No mess, no fuss. Well, we used it. I'll come, I, I, I come to mm. your movie and we use it. It's, it is a pretty impressive bit of kit. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so many for me, game changers over the years, like um, an SDS battery drill. Was, mm. I mean, they're not, that never Showing used to be. your back. age now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but it, I'm it thinking, to... what? I'm not all SDS is battery operated. What? <laughs> Now you're showing your age. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and then the ring, ringing tool for armors. I mean that. I mean, I used to do a lot of aircon units, and it would be uh, rather than bringing a big hacksaw, it was just easier just that ringing tool. No, stop it, peasant. No, yeah, it's just quick. Just quick. no. So no, just pure quick. I mean, I used to be well, like you, Sam. Um, I would hate people that would use stuff like that, but if you're doing like sixteen armors, like right in front of you, just quick. Hold on, I feel feel like we just went past something. What did we just go past that was stupid? SDS. SDS party gun. And then what? He said about the like, armor slice. Oh, armor yeah. slice. There was something else that was dumb. Um, there, there wasn't. <laughs> there, were def there definitely was. Um, but we'll come back to it. Kimmy, what is your game changer? What has changed the landscape for you? What has changed it for me? Um, can you hear me? Because I know my reception's awful. Yes, we can hear oh. you, man. Okay, what changed game changer for me? Saving all that money, not buying veto bags and all of that whatnot. Uh, I'm right, man. I hate those things. Listen, I'm just going to tell you now. I'm a massive fan. Uh, like honestly, it's so sad how much I love my Velocity Pro Gear stuff. Like. I'm a sucker. Like, that's it. Like, when I first got my... So, years ago, me and Rick, the OG of um, uh, podcasts, uh, Ricky Howell, he was a guy who started this podcast with me. Um, we got sent through by Velocity a backpack and a um, tech case, like a um, 2.0. And when they came, I did. they came to my house first. I was like... I don't know what to do with this. Like they are so lovely and all the things and all these mad catches and all these big carabiners on them and stuff, mate, they are so nice. Honestly, I was like, ah, oh. and because being the guy that I am, I was like, Rick, you can have the backpack. Doesn't appreciate it. And I had the, the little tech case, mate, I still got that tech case today. And do you know what I've realized? It's, it's not called a tech case. I know it's called a 2.0. Right. No, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to add something after. Go on. Do you know what I've realised? You know how women get about handbags? I've got to have this Louis Vuitton handbag or this Michael Kors handbag. Whatever, right? I get it. I understand now. Like, a tool bag to a man, they, they are just so sexy. Like, honestly, yeah. I love my Velocity stuff. I'm a Shout out to Velocity. Mm, so, talking about Velocity, obviously, I've got think every velocity bag going to be honest um but he messaged me the other week and to everyone listening to the podcast as well this is going to be in a video in a probably end of this month maybe they're giving me five um te electricians testing bags so the one i've showed off previously in the video whatever um i want to see that, to see that. That's, that's a smart bag so anyone keep an eye on the channel because there's five they be they'll probably be sat here. They're coming next week. So next video, next podcast we do next week. I'll um I'll show one off a little well, bit. Keep an eye because they're epic. Bags. Do you know what that makes me think of? Have you seen those little Apple tags that you can stick on like your keys and stuff? And you yeah, see? yeah, that, I've got them. That's what is that what a smart bag is like? It would just tell you no. which screwdriver's missing before you leave the job. It'd be like beep beep beep. <laughs> two point five. No, do you know what? Just gonna tell you, I want to know what a smart tool bag is because that's what I'd expect a smart tool bag to do. Tell you what tools you've left on the job. But I just want to, it does everything for you. 
I'm I'm converted now. I'm getting a veto. Listen, I need to no, say velocity. Velocity. I don't know. What's a veto then? No, the, the American bag. version. It's wrong. 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 It's wrong. It's a wrong bag. Oh, they're not. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Well, Going to just back see, see the testing bag. Can you put your tester in it? Is that I know is that going yeah. to be a stupid question? Yeah. And you've got all your hand tools in it as well. Yeah, the hand tools you require. A, ha- a, a, hand, oh yeah, a handful of testing tool, a handful of um, yeah, testing screwdrivers, longest pliers. I'm getting sent you ten of them to give away. How easy is it to carry when you're doing testing? But very easy. It's got a hard top as well, so you can draw on the top yeah, or iPad on it. Uh, sticker section, you've got, got sticker tape section, section tape, tape measure bit, bit for your lights, fly lead lights. section that you can hook on. Um, stop. My connection's lagging as it is, and you're doing all of that. It's, I thought you were doing same on Yeah, no. go, go on my channel, Craig, and have a look at it. Uh, oh, 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 go on my channel, and you can see I'm getting 10 and Nick's getting five. Um, I actually spoke to Velocity today. Don't go on my channel, I'm not getting any. Well, just because you can't beat me at anything, um, I'm, 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 um, I actually. I'm not gonna lie. I've never even seen one in real life, by the way. Honestly, yeah, Kim, I'm, I'm on next channel right now. Kim, honestly, I know you're so, you're so you're such a free spirit, and I call you untethered. Um, and I know you like to use your like snakeskin bag from Primark or whatever, but once you get one of these, it's a game changer. Yeah, okay. Well, when I get one, it'll be a game changer. Until then, I'm anti. It's just because I'm a hater, really. I'm hating because I don't have one. That's it, really. Nick, I'm going to have to let you know it. I'm going to have to skip the ads on this video just to see it. I never usually skip the ads, so sorry. Nick, honestly, you need to speak to Tony and sort out Kimmy. Okay. Because she needs to understand what time it is. Like the it's velocity this, time. We're not. You even, know, I need to no, know. I need to be I was gonna go in this week and treat myself to a new tool bag. Not. And... No, stop. 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 Let me have a word with him. All right. Let Nick hook you up. Honestly, because I've hooked up too many people recently, so I haven't got no more hookups left. Um. Sounds run out of power. I have. Honestly. What's going on now? Um. See yeah. I don't know. Someone's dropped something in the kitchen. Go on. I want to see what Craig I thinks. Come, on, Craig. Enough. <laughs> like A, I really like the, the vest at the start of the video. Oh, it's just the yeah, I was I was I did an intro for the sponsor of ITS at the beginning, but it was the day when I was doing a rewrite and I was so hot I wore a vest to work and a matte stick I got. Well, to be fair, I got loads of nasty comments and I got a few comments of a bit odd really, if I'm honest, from uh, I was gonna say. Mm. I'm not going to say anything rude just now. <laughs> no, honestly, I don't know what you think you can say, Rude. They're the. I'm just going to send Nick something that's going to really piss him off. See, I, I really like I like that bag for organisation for taking it in and doing it right. But yeah, I like to do my testing as an actual tool belt with the tester around my neck and we with iPad with a strap, so it's got a gorilla case on it with a strap round it pencil so that everything's on you at the time so this is so cute sam's just gone i'm going to send nick a picture and he sent me a, a secret no no i won't secret covert picture that no one's meant to know about yet i got sent that two months ago mate chill relax as you would say relax sam don't yeah but what you don't know is i was um i helped develop it mm, okay 
So, what did they ask you to do is sit on it, see how much weight you can take. Um, like a goose face. <laughs> well, I would he said so much words. I would definitely buy those bags to take on site. Whether I would use it to go around doing the actual physical testing, I'm not too sure. Good for organisation. Sam, what you should do for this whole section is just, just either your face or my face, is just have a picture of the tool bag where people can see on YouTube because yeah. we're talking a lot about a bag no one can see. This not, is true. What make a note. I'll, I'll test an inspection bag. Out. Right, listen. I feel like we have come to a natural conclusion. We um, Listen, if you've got Velocity bag, you've got the right bag. If you've got Veto, you're wrong. That's it. Is this your quick fire question? Yeah, that made me laugh so much. And I was watching it with Mike. I took my uh, my lad to a birthday party and I sat in the, the truck outside, I took my iPad, I started losing paperwork and I saw the quick fire questions come up saying, what's your favourite tool brand? Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favourite tester? Wrong. And I was like, you're such an arsehole, but it's funny. <laughs> and I'm annoyed that I was laughing. Do you know what though? So I, we've waited all the way to the end to, to actually announce this. So what we're doing is um, we're doing three bits of content a week. Number one, obviously, Monday Club comes out on a Monday. Number two um, is Electricians Unfiltered, which is a continuation of Monday Club um, where we talk about everything and anything, um, nothing to do with the electrical industry. That's on a Wednesday. Then on a Friday, I will do a quick fire questions with anyone who's an electrician, electrician's mate, or an electrical apprentice anywhere in the world, get in contact and we will do quick fire questions round. Now, with quick fire questions round, you've got 14 questions to begin with and they tell us about you. And it will involve me mocking you probably quite a lot unless you're me and you get all the questions right. And then the 15th question is a technical question that no one's got right yet. We've got a few in the bag. Now, please, anyone... If you're a viewer of this show, take part. Send me a message. I'll even let Nick take some of the questions. If you're if you're a bit scared to be like interviewed by me or questioned by me, no problem. Maybe even the beautiful Kimmy will step in and do some of the quickfire questions. But at the end of the day, it's for our viewers to get involved. So yep. hit me up. Um, hit up any one of us. That's the first best idea you've had in a long time. Yeah, it's a good one. Get involved, everyone. Just because this is what Monday Club's about. It's about getting involved. It's about reaching out to people out there. And, and, you know, it's fun. It's fun. There's no right or wrong answer, really, for the first 14. It's just, I will just mock you if you get Yeah, not right or wrong. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) So there was a lot of wrong questions. Wrong. That's right. Uh, We got got our first, I'm going to call them randoms, right? Don't get upset. They're randoms. They're not influencers or people who do vlogging so we got Adja Sparky on Friday no last week we had so it'll be last week now um so yeah check it out it's a lot of fun it's just me being silly really and I really really enjoy it Monday Club see you later we're out